Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Big at the Back FPL podcast. Mr. Higgins, how are you feeling right now? It's Tuesday evening. What's going through your minds? Well, it is Tuesday evening, and Villarreal have just gone one nil up against Liverpool. <laughs> just as we've started recording, three minutes into the game, and Villarreal have taken the lead. So that's cheered me up massively. Um, even though I do actually want Liverpool to go through, this could make it a more entertaining game of football now. Um, but yeah, no. Um, in all things non-FPL, I'm very well. I had a weekend full of sport. I played cricket on Saturday. I played football on Sunday. Then I went to the cinema on bank holiday Monday. So it was a very busy weekend. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just not ready for FPL chat. I'm just not ready for this. <laughs> Don't want to do it. You can't make me. I think I have to make you. It's yeah. one of those weeks. I think you're feeling worse than me. I've just learned to suck it up and take the punches at this point. It's, you've been on a high for a little while, so it's probably hitting you a bit harder. But talk me crashing back down. Yeah, I, I can see. And uh, this week hasn't been either of our strongest, both of us suffering very similarly. Why don't you talk me through your week first? Oh, well, 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 where to begin? Um, I guess we'll start at the beginning when I thought I was riding higher for not captaining in, captain in Mo Salah and he got a one-pointer uh, and I thought, you know what, this is it. This is going to be my week. I'm going to fly up the ranks again. Um, then KDB didn't start, who was my captain, who I brought in for Hyung Min Son, who got 19 points. <laughs> and <laughs> and when you add to that, no Trent. Uh, I mean, where can I? Madison, nothing. It all came down to me to a Man City clean sheet. Laporte and Cancelo both picking up points there, but Cancelo got booked, and Dejan Kulusevski getting two assists. So I finished the week with thirty-four points, but took a four-point hit. So a big whopping 30 uh, to see me drop down to 55k in the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really laugh at you because I'm in a very similar position. I didn't take a hit, but I'm also on 34 points. Horrendous game week. The only real difference is I don't have a sissy defense or a second sissy defender, but I have got Harry Kane up top who did score a goal. But that's a very small consolation for a Mo Salah captaincy that obviously hasn't worked. Kulisewski, who's actually probably going to be my transfer out, somehow getting eight points off the bench. Um, ridiculous that he didn't start, to be honest. But yeah, all in all, a pretty shoddy game week for both of us. And I'm of the opinion that it's FPL. I don't think necessarily either of us made any bad decisions this week. It's just one of those things that happens and you've just got to roll with the punches. It's what make, The randomness is what makes the game so fun. Um, we were just talking right before we started. You said to me, oh, there's no way that Liverpool are going to lose. You're definitely already through. And I said, oh, we need to score a goal. And you said, no, no, you're definitely through. And then three minutes in, Liverpool concede. So it's the randomness of football, the randomness of FPL. And sometimes you do have to take your luck when it comes and it just hasn't come through to us this week well me saying as you said just before we went live saying that Liverpool will be fine that just sums up my week in terms of <laughs> football predictions um so I mean surely the only way is up from here I mean you you know West Ham are definitely going to win right oh god let's <laughs> not even think about that I'm just thinking about double game week if I can somehow get less than 30 points in double game week, I probably will just jump off a cliff. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying it's the biggest game week of the season. I tend to agree, considering all of the big teams have doubles. So you've got... That was some sort of car or motorbike absolutely screaming past my house. That was quite special. Wow, um, for the mic to pick it up. So, as I was yeah. saying, you've got a Chelsea double game week, you've got a Liverpool double game week, you've got a Man City double game week, you've got an Arsenal and Spurs double game week, and most importantly, 
there is a double game week for Leeds. Now, I think you mean Norwich. Exactly. So why don't we start at looking, rather than going through the games like we normally do, that feels boring and neither of us really want to do that after our shoddy performances. Why don't we look at the double game week and actually what the Premier League could look like at the end of the season because it's hotting up at both ends. So let's start at the bottom of the league. Wins for Everton and Burnley and a loss for Leeds means that Leeds are now the bookies' favourite to go down, which is, wow, who would have seen this coming? Everton beating Chelsea. What do you think around the bottom of the league? What are your thoughts and what are your already players you'd be looking to target as we move forward? It's been a bit of a mad week for the for the bottom sort of five, six in the league. Obviously, Norwich are finally confirmed as relegated, mm. uh, continuing their record of never playing in the same league as Fulham. Um, but they obviously that was just caught the final nail in the coffin. We all knew they were down for quite a while, but the Burnley result um, was wasn't really a surprise for me. I expected them to at least get a point in that game, given Watford's home record this season. So they're as good as down as well now. Um, it is just that final place that's all, all to play for. The Everton result, obviously, beating Chelsea, Lampard against his old team, maybe them doing him a little favour uh, mm-hmm. to keep him in a job past the summer, who knows. But, it's I mean, it's a big week for Leeds, these two games, Arsenal and Chelsea. It's going to be hard to see them picking anything up. Uh, both Arsenal and Chelsea, obviously, looking for that fourth spot, um, or third and fourth spot, because Chelsea now, it's not necessarily guaranteed for them if they play the way they did against Everton in uh, the rest of their fixtures. So, I, I still fancy Everton to go down. I don't know why. I just, I can't. I know they've got a couple of good home fixtures, which is what they're going to be looking at. Uh, and they have still got to play Watford away. But I don't know. I just, I've got a feeling about Everton, but they'll probably prove me wrong. I mean, with Everton, I think because their home form has been so good this season, comparatively, this wasn't as big of a surprise as maybe we all thought it was. Because Everton at home are a force to be reckoned with. Um, I don't think there's been any, any updates in regards to Richarlison who threw a flare back at his fans. So they're talking about some potential suspension or ban for him. If he goes there in real, real trouble. I think this double, then two games are away games. So while it's a relatively easy double coming up on paper, for Everton it's not. And at the bottom of the table, actually, if you look at the way Leeds played, I don't think... That was a typical Leeds-esque hammering. I don't think they played badly, particularly in the first half. I thought they played very well. It's just, in the end, City's quality proved too much for them on the set pieces. I think Leeds were very much in it. And I, if I'd have watched that game, I wouldn't have said either of these teams were in relegation scrap. So the fact that Leeds are now the favourite shows how wild the bottom of the Premier League is at the moment. Because I, I agree with you, actually. I still think Emerson are... Probably the ones I think will go down, just because I think Lampard is completely abject as a manager and that squad has zero confidence. But I think Burnley win a real hope now. Leeds, despite losing to City and despite having tough fixtures, I think they could get something and disrupt the top four race. Um, but yeah, all to play for, very much. Yeah, I think, like you say, Leeds' performance against City was was pretty decent. They made quite a few chances as well. Um, I think Rafinha in particular had one chance where he probably could have laid it back and went for the shot and it was deflected over. Um, so they've definitely got potential. Uh, I think they've improved under Jesse Marsh quite a bit um, because they just they seemed a little bit lost under the Bielsa at the end and it was just everyone was running around but not really doing anything. So um, I... I could see them getting something against Arsenal. Um, Arsenal didn't particularly impress me this weekend against West Ham. Uh, Chelsea potentially, I think, will be the harder one of the two because they will obviously be wanting to bounce back uh, to really sort of cling on to that third position. Um, but then their last two for Leeds are Brent, uh, Brighton at home and Brentford away. Um, we've spoken about Brighton's really good away record, but 
at some point you're going to figure they've got, they're going to be on the beach. So that's probably not far away. I think they've been on the beach all season, both physically and metaphorically. Um, yeah, I was actually, Arsenal have won their last three in a row. Chelsea, as you say, will want to bounce back from that horrendous performance against Everton. Well, I wouldn't seem to say it was horrendous. They just looked leggy. But just staying on Leeds, I think just the injuries this season have really cost them. And it is due to the style of play, due to a thin squad. But losing Cooper, actually, it has really, really, really hurt them. Um, Leeds, with Cooper in the side, concedes an average of 1.4 goals per game. Without him this season, concedes an average of three goals per game. So he makes such a big difference in that defence. So not having him for the running and whether he's fit for the running is going to be what keeps them up or sends them down, I think, because he makes that much of a difference. And you can talk all you want about Bamford, about other players that have been injured and Dallas and their huge injury crisis. I think Cooper is the one that holds that team together. Yeah, you can't argue with that, um, especially with that stat. But I think Calvin Phillips has been a big miss as well, um, just giving them a little bit more uh, solidity in the central or midfield, a bit more protection for their defence as well. So when he's gone, they've looked a little bit more open. But I think it just goes to show how well Burnley have done that we haven't even mentioned them as a possibility of going down now. I think under Mike Jackson, they've done incredibly well. They've won their last three. Um, in fact, in this game, when they went 1-0 down, it's the first time they've been behind since uh, Daesh was sacked. So I think they're looking good. They've got the best goal difference of the teams that are really fighting for it now as well. So that's obviously going to play into their into their hands. So I think if you're going to look at any assets from any of these teams, it's going to be the Burnley ones. But it's a, it's a matter of who, because they, they seem to be sharing the goals around quite a bit. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't advise going for any Burnley players. I actually think from an FPL standpoint, Everton are a team to have a serious look at because that double in 37, Brentford have just played very badly against United. They could be on the beach. Crystal Palace are away and we love Crystal Palace, but Everton at home are good. I think there's a serious case to look at Ricarlison if he's not banned, to look at Anthony Gordon because he's really, really cheap and to Rogue shout here, look at Tamari Gray, potentially. Uh, He was very good early in the season. So given they've got five games left, two of which are at home in 37, I will probably be considering Everton very strongly on my free hit in 37. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm free hitting in 37. So I would probably be looking at bringing in at least one or two Everton assets and the names you mentioned, like Richardson, even if he does pick up suspension, it's probably going to be back by that double. Um, it will probably only be a one-game ban. If a ban, I would suspect he'll get a fine um, and avoid suspension. So, But then again, it's not exactly something there's a precedent for, is there? I don't think that we've ever really seen anyone throw a flare back into the crowd in the Premier League. It's just so... It's just so Richarlison, isn't it? Just The guy is a walking, talking, brilliant footballing, idiot dickhead. Are you talking about Richardson or Mario Balotelli? Exactly. (laughs) It's of the same ilk. Tons of talent, no application around that talent and completely wasted talent, essentially. An absolute Um, head case. Yeah, completely. I mean, we all hate Richardson. He's a very hateable player. But at the same time, you don't want that to be what sends Everton down. As much as I rip on Everton... I want this end of season relegation battle to be brilliant. And it has been so far. It's really fascinating. So I want whoever goes down to go down properly without all the rubbish around it. Just like in that title decider, I didn't want VAR to influence it. I don't want that bullshit to influence this relegation scrap. No, I think that's the way it's got to be. I think Burnley... Even though they've won the last three, that is essentially potentially new manager bounce, which could end at any point. The next game is against Aston Villa at home, and Villa haven't been very good away recently. But then they've got an away game at Tottenham, and then they're going to Aston Villa. And then they've got, uh, by the last game of the season, Newcastle will be on the beach, to be fair. So I don't mind Burnley so much, but without the double in 36, I'm not really that hyped or excited by them. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like you say, that it could be a new manager bounce. Um, I wouldn't be looking at bringing anyone in now purely because, like you say, there's no doubling 36. You could argue maybe bringing someone in on a three, three hit on 37, but you're not exactly going to be loading up on the Maya. So no. maybe if it's just, I don't know, even someone like a road chat like Matthew Vidra has looked quite good in the last couple of games when he's coming into that starting 11. Um, and he's going to be very cheap. So potentially one to keep an eye on. But like I say, the goals are being really shared around. So two games against Villa could be interesting as well because they feel like a team that, again, are on the beach a little bit. Um, only just, I mean, they picked up a 2 0 win at the weekend, but that was against Norwich, so I don't think you can read too much into that one. No, and at the moment, I think, yeah, Villa are an interesting one because I would say they're probably in a void from an FPL standpoint. I, I know they've got the double in 37, so I'll probably have a couple of my free hit, but I certainly won't be bringing any of them in for this big double for 36. You'd be crazy too. Well, a lot of people will still have Coutinho, but he hasn't done anything since what, game week 27. Um, and I know we both had him and got off him relatively quickly. I mean, we had him for the high, but then ditched straight away. So I think teams have started figuring out the way they play now. And that basically means Coutinho is abject at best. How about bringing Luke Dean back in, Tom? He picked up two bonus points at the weekend. He must be really good. He must be the best player ever. <laughs> ever. ever. I don't think there's ever been a bigger FPL troll. And he's done it to so many people for so many years. And he'll probably get me at some point next season as well. I'm going to say it now. He's probably going to get me next season. Oh. He's, he's a classic. It will happen. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. And it, we'll always go back to him for some unbeknownst reason. Um Let's look towards the top of the table then. And Man City versus Liverpool. Liverpool, after playing on Wednesday night in the Champions League, the 12.30 away to Newcastle. Really, really tough fixture considering we just played Villarreal. To go and win and rest Trent and Salah. Dreadful for FPL, but really does set the precedent for Liverpool. And a really, really big win for them. I think for the double in 36 you need to have at least two, if not three, Liverpool assets. What are your thoughts? Definitely. Um, I am currently annoyingly sat on only two and without really a way of getting a third um, unless I move off of the Bruyne, but can't see myself doing that at the moment. The other option, again, is to drop one of the City defenders, and I don't fancy doing that either, to be honest with you. So... <laughs> I could potentially move away from Reese James um, if I wanted to go to Robertson, but I just don't feel like wasting a transfer on someone that has already got a double this game week. Yeah. So I feel like it would be a waste. Yeah, I think that would be a waste and that would be a little bit odd. Um, I'm just looking as well. Diogo Yota started tonight against Villarreal, which means that Luis Diaz has a really, really good chance, I think, of starting both games in the double. As a differential shout, I quite like the idea of bringing in Luis Diaz for this week. And that's one of the options I'm considering. Yeah, I think he, like we said about him since he came into the league and he's hit the ground running. And like you say, without starting tonight, it feels like he's got a very good chance of playing a big part in this double. Um, mm. It was interesting you say about how... Um, the Liverpool game is obviously the early kickoff on Saturday after playing Wednesday night in the Champions League. It was announced today that um, the West Ham v Man City game on the 15th of May uh, has been moved forward to 2 o'clock rather than 4.30, uh, which was the original time slot because it's three days before the Europa League final, which we could potentially be in. Um, people started complaining on Twitter about this earlier, saying, oh, it's not good for the fans moving at this late notice. It turns out it was West Ham that requested the game be moved, but we actually requested it to be moved to the Saturday. Um, but instead, they just moved it forward two hours. So. <laughs> I mean, the Premier League scheduling team do not care about the clubs and do not care about the fans. They're the, the fans are the least important people. Um, it's all about the money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the TV companies, isn't it? Um, yeah. But on a lighter note then, let's talk about City because this... Here's the thing with City... One of their players is going to absolutely go wild. They've got a double of Newcastle at home and Wolves away. So 
one of their players, and it's going to be one of the forward options, is going to absolutely go off. And we're all going to look back and go, why didn't we get him? I think it may be Morris. Is that your punt of the week? It might be. It, it's one of the options. It depends if he doesn't play at all tomorrow. He could be an option. Just like at the moment, my plan is to bring in Jesus and Brownhill for Vekhorst and Kulisevsky. Um, but if Jesus plays tomorrow, then I won't be doing that. In which case, it could be Mares, it could be Luis Diaz. And I, I'm not sure which way to go at the moment, but those are the thoughts. I don't... Phil Foden, everyone always raves about him, but Kulisewski has as many FPL returns this season as Phil Foden. Kulisewski joins in January. Phil Foden is unbelievably overhyped. A brilliant footballer, but really not a very good FPL asset. So I'm not bothering going near that. Jack Grealish, who knows if he's going to play. So I think it's got to be... Sterling's woefully out of form and just you can't go near... So it's got to be Mares or Jesus. I can't afford to bring up without dropping Kane. Again, it's an option, but not what I really want to do. So can I, I, can I just advise against dropping Spurs assets for Kevin De Bruyne? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm, in, I'm uniquely placed to give this advice. <laughs> well, where where are you standing on City assets then? Because you've got De Bruyne, you've got Cancelo. So where are you sitting on them at the moment? Oh, I'm sitting on a grenade I've, I've got De Bruyne, I've got Cancelo I've got Laporte so I'm sticking with them um, I can't drop them now having already taken a minus four to get De Bruyne in in the first place <clears throat> if I then went and dropped him it would be suicidal so I feel like I'm stuck I can't really, I mean if I, if I was going to take a punt like you um, on an attacking player to maybe have a big haul um, I don't know. I feel like I'm slightly tempted by Jack Grealish because I don't think he starts in the Champions League. Um, I feel like Mahrez probably starts in the Champions League. I feel, uh, Pep likes him in big games um, and I feel like he could have uh, a big part to play against Real Madrid. So I don't know. I'm just throwing Grealish out there because just throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah, and with City, it feels like if you play the roulette at the right time, you're going to go very well. But if you don't, you're in a bit of trouble. Um yeah, definitely. But I, you just know, this double game week, one of the City attackers is going to absolutely explode and get about 30 points. And it may be KDB. I, I don't think so, but it may be KDB. But I think looking at Mares, he's probably, in my opinion, the most likely to, more likely, I say, than Grealish. We'll see, though. We'll have to wait and see. fucking hope it's KDB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering you're free-hitting, you've only really got two game weeks to pay that minus four off, don't you? Um, and it's now minus four, minus 19 for Suns points as well. So, oh, that, that's a big pain point. Um, speaking of Son, then, because he absolutely went off again. He's been... This player that's single-handedly destroyed my FPL season. Um, I've not owned him all season, and it's just hurt and hurt and hurt. And I've stubbornly not owned him or not found a way to get him in my team. And it's just continuously cost me. But I feel like I'm very dug in now. I've got Kane in my team, so I can't go for Son. Kane versus Son is the age-old debate. But... I was listening on another podcast. I can't remember what, but would it surprise you if Kane outscored Son by on FPL by twenty points in the last four games of the season? Probably not for me. I think it, it is a coin flip. And at the moment, if you're sitting, I'm sitting on Kane. I can't really move to Son. Um, as someone that's been hard burned by him, what are your thoughts on Spurs assets at the moment? And are you planning to move on them? Or, well, is there any thoughts there? I feel like I can't complain too much because Son has done me well over the past sort of six weeks or so, uh, which is really see the, the Son v Kane sort of fight over the last six weeks has what's pushed me up as you've been going down. So mm-hmm. I can't complain too much. It's obviously just this one week that really hurt. But no, I like obviously a, a tricky double for them in 36 of Liverpool away and Arsenal at home. 
Like, obviously, Arsenal are not in the best form, but that game, North London derby, with fourth place potentially riding on it, is going to be like the biggest game of their season. Uh, Kane's got a pretty good record against Arsenal as well, so you could easily see him getting something there. Uh, and then Burnley at home and then finishing up with Norwich away, that could be a massacre on the last game of the season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me. Like it has been throughout the season, it's a coin flip between them. Um, and you could one week you could easily see one of them going off, the other one blanking, and vice versa. I'm not really planning on bringing anyone back in just because of the way my squad is at the moment. I've still got Kulisevsky there, so he'll stay for the rest of the season, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm actually thinking Kane's probably going to be my captain for the last week of the season for 38, which is why the moving Kane out move uh, today has just fallen by the wayside. So I was looking at Kane and Kula or Madison out for KDB plus a, plus a striker, but no other strikers really seem very good. Um, look at other teams to talk about then. Chelsea. Now, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Mason Mounts having, being probably the only player that's looked good in the past few weeks. What are your thoughts on Chelsea and where are you standing with them at the moment? Oh, they're just winding me up at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, like, obviously, not having Alonso hurt last week um, as he got his massive points haul. Uh, having Reese James not starting and then just not keeping any clean sheets. They don't look anywhere near as solid at the back as they did. Um, so it feels like the the big at the back as we were, even though I am still big at the back, just in a different way, um, just doesn't feel like it's going to pay off as much. You're relying on for attacking returns now um, more than you are so defensive returns. And they still have that ability with their wing-backs getting on. Um, but James just hasn't looked as dangerous as he did a few weeks ago and then prior to his injury. So, like I say, Mount's the only one that's been getting any attacking returns. I don't really see any investability up top. So I'm, I'm probably going to stick with James for at least this week. Um, I would imagine he will he'll probably stay in for my free hit purely because it's Leicester at home and they are well and truly gone in the Premier League. Their eggs are all in the uh, Conference League basket. So, But I'm in no rush to get anyone else in. Yeah, I mean, I am big at the back with three Chelsea. So I've got James, Alonso and Rudiger. Um I don't hate Alonso as a captaincy option this week. And it's really, it's a completely ridiculous idea. I get that. I understand that. But they play Wolves at home and Leeds away. Is it so ridiculous that it can save my season? I, I'm... I mean, Salah's been rested. He's got Tottenham home, Aston Villa away, but Salah, the fixtures don't really matter. But oh, I, I feel like if I went for Alonso um, or James, actually, and either of them did well, that that would be enough to propel me into about the top 50k if either of them outperformed Mo Salah. Um, it sounds fun. It does, but... <laughs> like my captain in Reese James when he went off. Exactly. and When I you get those decisions right, it just feels so good. And that's why FPL is like crack and we keep coming back. <laughs> that's why, despite weeks like this, we, we just keep coming back and we will keep coming back. And um, we are crack whores. <laughs> uh, clip that, clip that. Uh, let's make that the intro to the pop from now on. Um, <laughs> looking now at uh, the back three, I, I think really good could be on the chopping block. He could go this week, potentially for Laporte or... I said, like, even a cheap defender to free up funds in the midfield. How, how, how would you it. feel about Nathan Ake? <laughs> Get out. No, absolutely. Yeah, you, you look at his, he's been playing in the league. Has he? Like, he's, been I've filling, he's been filling in at left back. Uh, started, obviously, at the weekend, got himself a goal. Uh, I'm just bringing up his stats now. Has so, he actually been playing? He's like 4.9, isn't he? Yep. So 
I think I'd rather Joel Matip, to be honest. If I'm going to go for a defender that cheap, I'd rather get Joel Matip at the back because he'll start both of the games in the Premier League. Um, Yeah, I think Matip probably feels like a more appealing option out of the two because Matip is, what, five? Yeah, that's less fun. (laughs) True. Um, But I, I think I'm sorely tempted to captain Alonso or James instead of Mo Salah this week. And I think it could really pay off or it could really, really, really hurt. I feel like you should do it. Um, a lot of people brought in Havertz as well, who had very predictably been the player that you've always said he was. I, I was just before my time when I made that statement. I, I, I knew what was coming. <laughs> he was leading us all into a full sense of security by for, scoring a few goals. And then reverted back to his true self. He was so bad against Everton as well. Um, I thought Mount, again, I called it, he doesn't perform unless he's against the really, really bad teams. And to be fair, Wolves and Leeds really aren't very good at the moment. So perhaps Mason Mount could go off this double game. Maybe we're all sleeping on him a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you go near Chelsea attacking-wise. Rudiger's off to Real Madrid by the looks of things as well. Yeah. So, that club is in mild turmoil. And you've got to say, Tuchel, has he been overachieving in the past year or so with this squad of players? Because they really don't look very good at the moment. It's strange. Like Tuchel came in, obviously, was fantastic that first sort of six to eight months, whatever it was, won the Champions League. So you can't argue with his record. And he has got a good track record of getting the best out of his players. They... It's easy to blame it on the uncertainty around the club's future, the sale, Rudiger obviously leaving. Um, there's a couple like, especially the thing with Rudiger is wages and him wanting to be paid a lot more because, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the importance he has in that side and you compare his wages to, say, someone like Lukaku, who's on an absolute ridiculous amount of money for what he's doing mm-hmm. for that side. It's understandable that he wants more money. Um yeah. To put even further down in it tonight, there's a story coming out this evening about Roman Abramovich attempting to restructure the sale of Chelsea to regain his £1.5 billion loan that he put into the club, um, which will probably block any sale going through because he's sanctioned at the moment. So that could add an extra layer of uncertainty around the club, which could potentially bleed through to the on-field performance. I, for one, am shocked that a guy with all of his assets frozen who's lived as a billionaire, suddenly wants to find a way to get money. I'm shocked. I I could not believe it. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Who could have seen it coming? And you know what? Couldn't happen to a nicer fan base. (laughs) I mean, I would not argue with that at all. (laughs) Um, Cool. Before we start digging Chelsea fans too much for being the worst fan base in the world, let's talk about the other clubs because Chelsea are very much in the top four race now and if they're not careful they could find themselves slipping down so I think they will have something to play for but they're on 66 points Arsenal on 63 Spurs on 61 um United have played 36 games only on 58 so I think we can probably rule United out of that top four race um but Arsenal are a very interesting one because they've won three games on the bounce um Saka looking great Anyone else from Arsenal you think is worth looking at or worth targeting for this double? Uh, well, obviously, I brought Nketiah in, um, which went really well for his one point. He looks uh, good, though. If you watch the game, he actually looks promising. He had a couple of really good shots. Probably mildly unlucky to not be in the score sheet. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he forced Fabianski into a couple of good saves. So uh, it, I don't think it's a bad shout for someone like him, especially if he's going to be playing most of the time, which it looks like he will be between now and the end of the season, especially as it looks like Lacazette's probably going to be going back to France. Mm. Um, I wouldn't look necessarily at any of their defensive assets, despite both of their goals coming from centre-backs at the weekend. Um, you're not going to be getting that every week. You're playing against the West Ham side with basically one defender. So... Yeah, um, their fixtures are all right. They've still got leads and then they have Everton at home last game of the season, which could be a big one. But then you're going to expect Everton are really going to have something to play for in that game. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Arsenal probably will do as well. But those are the sorts of games at the end of the season where anything can happen and it's really unpredictable. Yeah, 
I'm really looking forward to that. that that's a really exciting football match. Last day of the season as well. Ooh, Good one that... for us to watch when we go out for some beers. Yeah, absolutely. And you've also got Leeds versus Brentford. Leeds could very much get something that game. Uh, Liverpool will probably beat Wolves. City will probably beat Villa. Um, is there anything else? Spurs have got Norwich. <laughs> that's going to be brutal. Newcastle, Burnley, they, again, could be relegation. Sort of yeah. connotations on that one. That was yeah. the game like about eight to ten weeks ago. Everyone was like, that's going to be the game on the last day. And now they're like, Newcastle are like completely safe and Burnley yeah. looking pretty safe as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we're looking at that, then uh, I think Arsenal are, you put them as your favourites to get top four. I still think Spurs will do it. I think the North London Derby Spurs will prove to be the better side. And I think there's a young Arsenal squad, when they've got pressure coming on them, they will buckle. I think Spurs under Conte, providing he hasn't got his head turned, will be enough to pinch that top four spot away. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard. I, I think Arsenal will probably just hold on to it. But I think there's a couple of twists and turns still to go. Just, I don't know, the last two Spurs games before, obviously the Leicester game, which again, like a Leicester side that were very much had their attentions elsewhere. In the two games previous to that, Spurs didn't have a shot on target. So, I mean, yes, they could have, this could have sort of brought them out of that um, by scoring a few goals and making some chances. But when you look at their next few fixtures, are those teams going to be as sort of naive and switched off as Leicester were. Liverpool, no. Arsenal, no, obviously not. Like this it feels like this double will sort of really define the race for fourth place for me. Yeah. Um as a Liverpool fan, I'm genuinely terrified of that Spurs game. I think Spurs have everything to play for. The way they play is a direct counter to the way Liverpool play. I think our style plays very much into their style's hands. 2-0 to Villarreal. No. This could be. That's brutal. It's Coquelin that's got the goal. Game on. 40 minutes down. They're back on level terms. Wow. Who would have seen this coming, eh? Well, if Liverpool can get the next goal, I think it's going to be huge for the reality. We're in a lot of trouble. Um, or does the away goal still count in the Champions League? No, it doesn't. Nope, this year. Interesting. The last thing we want is this to go to extra time. Oh, just close it out in 90 minutes, Jürgen. Come on. Um, okay, well, that's sadness aside. Let's <laughs> talk about a couple of teams. Teams to avoid. Leicester, I've got Schmeichel, who I'll keep, but I've got Madison. And actually, Madison is probably going to come out. And it's the tastiest double you could possibly ask for. But I just don't think he's going to play in both the games. So I'm uh, James Madison is not a good enough single game week player, in my mind, to keep when every big team is playing a double. I want 11 doublers, particularly as I don't have a bench boost. Now, you've got Madison. What are your thoughts on him? I'm probably going to keep him. Uh, like you say, they're very much focused on Thursday's game uh, in the Europa Conference League. It is the juiciest double you could ask for, which is probably why I'm going to keep Madison, because even in one of those games, he could potentially get a couple of assists or a goal or anything like that, um, purely because it's two, well, one very poor team in Norwich, regardless of form and location. Uh, and Everton, who are terrible away from Goodison Park. So it wouldn't surprise me if, yes, he probably might not play on the fir- in the first game uh, on Sunday, which is directly after the Conference League. But there is an end, a bit of a break before any more European fixtures. There's a couple of weeks. So it wouldn't surprise me if he plays in that Norwich game at home, which is quite good potential for some points. Uh, I think Schmeichel is a safe bet, although they're not going to be keeping many clean, or they haven't been keeping many clean sheets. These two are games that, you could be backing them and he's still been playing in all their games. He's their captain. So it's not yeah. like West Ham, for example, where they've been rotating keepers. Uh, Schmeichel was the lead keeper uh, and that's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, agreed. Um, another team, not really... Well, I say not worth looking at this week. They don't have a double, but Crystal Palace play Watford at home. 
And next week in game week 37, they've got a double of Aston Villa and Everton, which is a really good double for them. I think Crystal Palace are really worth investing in if you're not on a free hit in 37. I think they're a really exciting team at the moment. Zaha is great uh, and probably where I go at the moment, considering it's the last few weeks. But that's a really exciting opportunity as well. What do you think? I agree. I've got I've got Mateta in at the moment. And I was looking at sort of my plans for transfers uh, for this upcoming game week. And I feel like he's going to stay in purely because there's no other options really in the striking department that are going to be any better than him in that price range with the fixtures he's got. I have a name to throw at you. Double game week, Denny. No. Last three no. games, he's got a goal. No, no, no. His, no. his games no. are Everton, who they play away, and Crystal Palace. Denny no. for the no. double, one one week punt. No. <laughs> Just you. No, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I'm not going back there. <laughs> I've had a shit enough week already with this with FPL. I'm not then bringing Emmanuel Denny in. What do you think I am? Some sort of psychopath. <laughs> and at 37, they play Leicester who don't care. Nah, not, not having <laughs> it. Not buying it for a single second. I mean, seriously, he's about six million and he could be a really, really good punt for these last couple of games. Um, you don't want him against Chelsea, but then you just bench him and that's last week of the season. Really, I, I don't think I can even afford him. I think I'm around the five and a half bracket, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could be tempted, is what I'll say. If if I'm bringing in a City midfielder, even Bernardo or someone, or Grealish, then I could be tempted to go Veghorst to uh, Denny. And I think I can make that work. So I, I, I'm just going to say it once and that's it. We're going to cease discussion on Denny. And if he doesn't perform, we'll leave it for the rest of the season. Um, from your perspective, West Ham, Jared Bowen, you're playing Norwich next. Anything to say there, do you think? Or is it just not worth it with the Europa League going on? It's going to be a, a really tricky one to call. Obviously, we rotated a lot this week, just gone with the game coming up on Thursday. When it gets to Sunday, it's not as though we had then have another game the following Thursday. Um, so we haven't got to worry about that. Um we haven't got a double either, so we've got the whole week off. It's potential that I it, it wouldn't surprise me if he does play and we go out quite strong against Norwich. Um, there's always the potential of extra time on Thursday as well. So it's really hard to see and know how many minutes the players are going to have in their legs. I would like to see us go out fairly strongly against Norwich. I think it's a game that it's potentially to get a good result, keep that momentum going. Obviously, it depends what happens on Thursday as well. If we lose and go out on Thursday, we'll probably be back to full strength side as much as possible. We've still got problems in central defence. Norwich is a good game to maybe throw in one of our young centre-halves that haven't got a start, like Elise or Jamal Baptiste. But I think, like Bowen, I've been so impressed with him this season. He's the top-scoring FPL midfielder in terms of points per million. Uh, which you, when you factor in things like his injuries as well that he's had, I think he's been an absolute bargain in FPL this season. Obviously, he's been out since his injury for me. I haven't had him back in, but as a West Ham fan as well, I think he's been fantastic. Um, I think if you've got him, you're probably not moving away from him, but you, I don't think you're bringing in any West Ham assets at the moment of any sort. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just think even after the Norwich game as well, the last two fixtures are pretty horrible. So we've got City away and then... Brighton, oh, Brighton away, but it's, it's the City at home, sorry. But I just think anyone playing City, you're avoiding right now. Yeah, um, what I will say is that Norwich away game, the last time we played Norwich away two years ago, Mikel Antonio scored four goals. Yeah, but there's no chance in heaven or hell that I bring in Michel Antonio. No, I know. Um, but the Man City at home game will be a big one. That will be... Mark Noble's final farewell to West Ham as a player, uh, his last game, at, uh, last home game as a West Ham player. What I'd love to see them do is start him and do what Chelsea did with John Terry and bring that. Like, so John Terry came off in the 26th minute of that game and got like a massive guard of honour and a round of applause. So if we start Noble and bring him off after 16 minutes 
And then you've got like Man City players like Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Ruben Diaz and all of that. They're superstars applauding Mark Noble off the pitch. <laughs> As it should be. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> for goodness sake. Oh, half time in the Liverpool game now. 2 0 down. I, I'm still quite relaxed about it. Maybe I shouldn't be because I haven't seen any of the game, but. I, I still feel relatively relaxed about it. I, I have every faith in Jürgen Klopp. So let's see how that goes. Um, I'm, going, I'm going to clip that bit and save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Jürgen's made me believer. Um, so this week then, captaincy is a huge decision. Everyone's got doubles. You've got KDB. You've got Salah. You've got Cancelo. You've got James. You've got Trent. Who is your armband going on? I feel like I'm. Uh, can it happen again? I feel like I'm going to keep it under Bruyne, purely um, because I'm trying to make up for lost time, like those like, 19 no. point swing. It's a sunk cost fallacy. It's sunk cost at this point. Captain, the player you think is going to get the most points, and if you think that's KDB, fine. I don't think he starts both games. Uh, I I think you'd be lucky to get more than 120 minutes from him over the two. Um, so that's why. I am not really moving KEB in because I don't think you're going to get more than... I think you're 120 minutes over two games is right. And if I'm looking at Salah or Alonso or James or Kane in 180 versus KDB in 120, it's an easy choice. It's it's a coin toss for me between Salah and KDB. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go KDB. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I do want to. I think... That, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he. Pro- I think the difference was this week he played on the Tuesday, he played on the Wednesday. They saw an opportunity to rotate a little bit more. If they then get through to the Champions League final, that's not until the 28th of May. So it's not as though they've got that to worry about. Um, and then they need to focus on winning all their Premier League games because if they don't, there's a very good chance that Liverpool take over and win the league. Yeah, so wait and see, I guess. I, I just don't think he's going to play the full... 90 in both games, whereas I think Salah, after his rest, will. Um, Rhys James, probably not, admittedly. He'll probably get injured in five minutes into the first game, um, <laughs> especially if I captain him. Um, so, uh, for me, it it's Mo Salah. He, he's just had a rest. Tottenham's a really tough game, but I think there's goals in that game for both teams. And then Aston Villa haven't been looking great recently. And it's Salah. You you just always captain him versus everyone. So that's probably where I'm going to end up. Unless I go really bold and go for Alonso or James. I'm not ruling it out. Well, the good news is there's no early kickoff this Saturday. So we haven't got that to take into account. Um, the Liverpool Spurs game. So the two TV games on Saturday are 5.30 and 7.45, which is quite unusual um so that liverpool spurs game on saturday night should be a very interesting watch i'm looking forward to actually seeing that one because i'll actually be able to watch it because cricket will be finished by then which is nice i hate these at this time of the season when it's right at the end and the death of the season and i've got bets on at three o'clock on a saturday that i can't watch come in because i'm (laughs) playing cricket yeah of course I was going to say, do you want to watch that on Saturday night? Do you want to go? Start? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this after. Um, regardless, though, yeah, I've still got Schmeichel in goal. I I don't know what transfers I'm going to do. Gabriel Jesus, maybe. Mares, maybe. Diaz, maybe. It's all up in the air for me at the moment. So have you got any thoughts on what transfers you're planning? So I want to get as many double players in as I can. So that means getting rid of Matt Target and probably getting rid of Brozier as well. Um, so that would be another minus four, but I'd like to think I can make that up with double game week players. Um, in terms of who comes in for them, I really don't know. Um, I could go for a slightly more expensive defender. Uh, I could go for Marcus Alonso, which is a tempter. Um, but like I keep saying with these forwards, that sort of price bracket is so bad at the moment that I'm sort of thinking about maybe upgrading one of my strikers um, and going cheaper on the defender. Um, But it's like, I know, I know. 
Please How forgive me. How defender? Would you go Nathan Ake or would you go for a Joel Matip? How? What would it look like? It would probably be Matip. Um, I can't go for another City defender. I've already maxed out on City players. So, yeah, potentially someone like Matip. Um, but then I'd have to look into the striking options around there and what that leaves me. It's it's really hard at the moment. Um, Emmanuel Deligs. Taking those, taking those two out, if I go target out and Brozier out, that leaves me 10.9 in the bank. So I've got to get a striker and a defender in, in that. So it's it's not a lot of money to play with. No. Um, yeah, it's very tight. I don't intend on taking a hit, but I've got two transfers. So I'm definitely looking at Veghorst out to free up funds um, and either Madison or Kulosevsky out. And it will be... I really want Jesus, but I, only if he doesn't start tomorrow. And if that happens, then I can get Brownhill in. Um, but Brownhill, obviously, I'd be on the bench because I don't have my bench boost. Are you playing your bench boost in 36 still? I certainly am. So if I go with those two out in and bring in other players that are doubling, that will give me a 14 out of 15 players doubling. Um, so at the moment, it's at the moment, it's Ramsdale, Trent James, Cancelo, Laporte, Kulisevsky, De Bruyne, Salah, Saka, Nketiah, Mateta, um, Saar, Madison, and then I've got Broder and Target in there. So it's it's looking good for a double. Uh, hopefully I can make up a bit of ground there uh, that I lost last week. I mean, surely I can get more than 30 points with this. You'd hope so. Surely. You? But then look how my bench boost did. So let, let's not make assumptions. Um Cool. Well, that is it for this week. Obviously, we didn't really speak about the game week just gone because it was very painful, but lots to look forward to. Um, I'm going to go now and watch the second half of the Liverpool game with my hands over my face, most likely. And next week, I know it's a big double game week, but I think because we're at the end of the season, we'll probably check in with another podcast on Monday or Tuesday with an update on how we're both doing. Half the games will be done by then. And I look forward to see what we're liking for the final run-in, which is including our three hits. So we'll look forward to speaking to you all next week. Any last words, Matt? That sounded really ominous then. Last words. <laughs> Any yes. final thoughts? Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, by this time next week, we'll all be a little bit happier with how FPO is going. Um, obviously, get in touch with us on Twitter. We are at Big at the Back. I'm at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden92. Uh, don't forget to like, um, subscribe if you can. It would really be appreciated. Leave us a comment on YouTube um, and even a rating on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, it would be great to hear from more of you. We're pushing towards 250 followers on Twitter. That's our next goal. Remember in the good old days when we were pushing towards 100, leapfrogging it for weeks. Um, it doesn't feel that far away to me. And there's one, one bad tweet from me and we're right back there. Um, <laughs> no, we appreciate everyone that's listening and continuously listening and giving feedback every week. Um, and if you know anyone that's as bad as us at FPL, share this with them. We'll look forward to speaking to you all next week. Come and interact with our complaining on Twitter and have a good game week, everyone.